Well, you remember last week, two weeks ago, the police were busy clearing out various parklands around Toronto because it is illegal to live in a park. And there were people either in these um, pre-constructed, well, what do I call them, boxes, box houses, one room, uh, plywood and uh, and two-by-fours, I guess, and there's a fellow in town who's been making those, along with tents and uh, people and their possessions occupying parks that otherwise would be used for you and me, and we tend to stay away from them. And uh, the in the star, the headline on this editorial that's been written is violent militarized park encampment clearings won't end homelessness in Toronto. Here's a human rights approach. And uh, it was authored by uh, two people, very particularly uh, Diana Chan McNally, a contributor, and Dr. Nahid Dosani. Dr. Dosani is a palliative care physician and a health justice advocate. And uh, Dr. Dosani is on the phone. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show because I think this is worthy of discussion. And uh, why? Because when you take a look at the pictures and you don't know any of the background, you don't know where any of these people are going, what you see is police using what appear to be violent tactics to drag people out of parks. Uh, and uh, I've had people say to me, that's terrible. And then your own editorial is headlined by violent militarized park encampment clearings, et cetera, et cetera, which makes it sound as well like we're we're judging this shouldn't be done and, and i know you are uh and police were violent and it was uh militaristic in its approach there are people who would take issue with that i'm not one of them i'm quite willing to listen but you've gone on to write an editorial i'm just going to read the first paragraph of your words so that everybody can get in on this and then we'll talk about it uh, and you say last week toronto witnessed a needless violent and excessive use of police force in the removal of 11 encampment residents of lamport stadium what was the result of this exercise 26 people were arrested, including one resident of Lamport Stadium. Countless eye and bodily injuries were incurred by members of the public. Only two people were brought into the shelter system. No one was housed, and we have yet to hear about the full cost of this police-led operation. Now, if that's 100% accurate, and I have no reason to believe that you did anything but uh, do the counts and and, uh, quote accurate figures, the question that it begs is, why? If you're going to pull them out of the park, okay, I understand. That's half of the equation. The other half of the equation, which is housing these people appropriately, has not been fulfilled. Well, yeah, I think you've said it really well. And just to be clear, that is City of Toronto data, and it is referenced and linked um, in the actual editorial itself. Um, by anyone's me- metrics, the outcome for the Lamport Stadium in clearing and the other clearings we've seen at, Alang- at Alexandra Park and Trinity Bellwoods have been a colossal failure. In total, when we look at the to- all these clearings, only 27 of 68 people, 40%, entered the shelter system, so meaning they're still homeless, um, and that actually um, not no one has actually been housed. There has to be a better way to supporting people who experience homelessness, and that has to be through a human rights approach. We call that a path forward, a report that we co-authored, and actually 206 organizations, leaders, community activists, creative arts leaders um, signed on to this proposal. Why? Because a human rights approach to supporting unhoused people is more compassionate and it will work. Well, uh, you know, I can't really disagree with the general concept that you're presenting. The reality, however, is that you have to face a situation where you know probably better than I that we are tens of thousands of spaces away from the affordable housing 
complement in the city of Toronto that would house people of this sort. So what are you suggesting that we do? A path forward says, let's do something. What's the something? Yeah, I'm really glad you're asking and absolutely increasing the number of affordable, high-quality housing uh, uh, units available in a city is a really big step, but takes time. But what we're actually requesting is a number of policy changes to reorient the city's approach to homelessness um, in shelters. People don't feel safe in the shelter system. They, well, What people in encampments want is to have input and feedback and have their feedback listened to. As members of the public, we expect our government services to meet our needs and that they would take our feedback. Why are people who experience homelessness um, uh, exempt from this? Why can't they be heard, for example? Um, this is one of the, the major policy moves that we're suggesting in a path forward. And to make the shelter system safer, to increase the quality, make it higher quality so more people will want to participate and go in the shelter system. Look, I'm, I'm going to be playing devil's advocate here because, you know, you just made a, a kind of a charged statement. The, the, the uh, places that are used for shelters to provide people who would otherwise be in the park and can't be in the park are not up to a standard that make people feel safe. So you take the Roehampton Hotel would be an example, and there are other ones like that. Um, They're not lovely. I don't want to live there, but they are a place to be when it rains and when it's cold and where you can uh, keep your possessions and where you can eat your food. Uh, What are you saying, that these are not good enough? They may not be good enough, but, but are we supposed to house them in the Royal York? Sometimes what we do is we paint an entire population with one brush. We must remember that people who experience homelessness are a heterogeneous population with unique needs. As a physician who provides health care for people who experience homelessness on the streets, in shelters, in encampments, in a variety of settings, there are many people that I've cared for during this pandemic who have said, I feel safer in the park as compared to the city-run shelters. And we need to listen to the experiences of lived people, and we need to believe those people. Until people feel safe entering the shelter system and the housing stock increases, people will remain in encampments. But listen, you don't have to take my word for it. The United Nations, the Center for Disease Control, and Public Health Ontario have produced guidelines that explicitly say you should not remove people from encampments on the basis of human rights and public health. People need to know that the city of Toronto is contravening human rights at the level of the UN and the CDC. This is not appropriate. It's not right. Well, you know, I I can't argue with uh, the various organizations that are banding together and saying you've got to give people a sense of safety, you've got to give people a sense of self, and uh, you seem to be suggesting, Dr. Desani, that uh, the, the life in the park that they've been moved away from provides that over in in some of these people's um, estimation over the shelter system. But I'm looking at the same time at uh, a number you yourself have quoted, which says that we have a social housing wait list in Toronto of almost 80,000 people and or even 80,000 households, if you want to make it that. I don't know how we take all of these things, you know, put them in the mixer, turn on the power, and come up with a solution that instantaneously does it. Are you advocating? I'm going to ask you it directly. Are you advocating that we let these people return to the park and other parks and say, look, until we can handle it, that's what the parks are going to be? Yeah, and this is why this issue has come to a head, this very question. While encampments are not ideal, I'll say it, and are not a permanent solution to the crisis of homelessness, we do no favors by criminalizing um, or removing people from parks or criminalizing their their, their um, activity in parks, because what ends up happening is they just end up back in parks. 
this intervention by the city of Toronto did not work from a health perspective. It did not work from a safety perspective. So we have to do better and we have to do different. That's what we're saying with a path forward. And that's what we're saying, how we have to move forward. I've had several residents of these parks reach out and say, listen, like we live in this area. Um, you know, it's difficult for us. And I appreciate that. But channel your anger towards the city of Toronto for not addressing, you know, access to housing, water, bathrooms and the basic necessities that were needed to ensure the right to life during the pandemic. We actually have five city councillors, Matt Lowe, Layton, Perks and Carol and Wong Tam, who have echoed the call for a path forward. And we just want the mayor and the city of Toronto to listen, to be more com- compassionate so that we can actually uh, all learn to get along and improve the situation for people who experience homelessness in the city. I, I'm, you know, I, you, you sound like uh, we haven't met each other. We've talked a couple of times. Uh, yeah, you yeah. sound like a, a, a caring physician, a person who is what you purport to be a health justice activist, and you believe that uh, your activism, your justice activism, uh, extends to people like those in the park and and like the many other members of the public who just don't have a home to go to and are afraid to be in a shelter. And you you uh, come up with something called the path forward, and you're supported by, uh, I'll call them a group of the usual suspects. They are uh, more left-leaning counselors. That doesn't make them bad. It makes them uh, a more human-oriented uh, council group than some other people who look at the nuts and bolts of how the hell you get the, the housing that you're looking for. In between that, it seems to me, lies a solution, a concrete solution that could start being implemented the day after tomorrow if, if somebody had a will to do it. I don't know, you know, as much as you talk about this, I don't know how you actually get a shovel in the ground and money to support the people who are operating that shovel and build what it is that you want to build. Uh, and, and I also don't see how you take taxpayers, regular taxpayers, and deny them access to a park for recreation while you accommodate people who have been removed from the park. And you used the word criminalized. There wasn't anything criminal except you're not supposed to be in a park living and nobody was going to go to jail unless they got into a fight. So, so there's a problem here, but I don't think you've really presented a solution that has legs as of today or next week. Well, I would actually challenge that. And I would definitely say that people experiencing homelessness were criminalized for living in the parks because they were issued trespass notices. And, and you know, we had drones, we had military vehicles, we had uh, uh, officers, horses, people with guns show up and say, hey, I've got a gun in my hand. Um, do you want housing? Like, would you accept housing if someone showed up to your tent with, with a gun in their hand? Like, it's just, it's just a ludicrous approach to this issue. We're not saying that the solutions are easy. We, we understand that they're complex. We're just saying that the violent approach to encampment clearings are not producing a productive result. So here is a path forward, and that includes a human rights approach meeting people where they're at, working with them around their custom needs, because this is a very unique, small group of people. We're talking about like 63 people in these three parks where we had like military operations to remove them. It's just out of proportion. It's not appropriate. And it contravenes human rights. Well, I think it goes well beyond 63 people. That They may be the tip of the iceberg or the thin edge, the wedge, as some people like to call it, but uh, they speak to uh, a problem that exists in every big city, and, and not least Toronto, where we do have to find a way to create balance between the recreation needs of a whole population and the health and living needs of a, a smaller uh, group of people who are in the population. And Dr. Dosani, I wish you good luck because you're the real deal. You mean to do something. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. Take care. 
you too. Dr. Nahid Dosani, he's a palliative care physician and a health justice activist.